Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris in which we discuss all the latest talking points from around the world of football. But before we get into that, make sure you like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify and Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts. Now, as I said, I'm joined by Brad and that's the last of the enjoyment you're going to hear in my voice on today's episode because what a depressing weekend it was. Yeah, we should we just get this out of the way? We were supposed to record this on the Sunday night straight after the game. But somebody decided to ghost me and I thought, well, how depressed is this bloke? Extremely. Is the answer. Well, do you know what we can do? You know what we can do? We can share the depression because of just how bad our teams are right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just so painful. Like genuinely, after that game, I just like I was so down and dull. I just didn't want to watch anything or do anything for the rest of the night. And it literally took until about midnight, half twelve, when I watched some basketball just to forget about the football. Like it, oh, it was awful. I'd say we've already changed the intro music once this season. Perhaps we'll have to do it again. Only this this time to the sound of silence. It is going to become like that, I tell you. <laughs> My mantra is just very much, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And that, so it's good to just let it all out in the form of this very podcast. Definitely so. It's important to know that you should be allowed to cry. It's okay to show emotion. Yes. So you can do that to shed a tear for Ollie's reign as manager during this if you want. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I mean... Let's talk about it. It's obviously the biggest talking point of the weekend. You're not going to avoid it. <laughs> United, Liverpool. We talked about it on our previous show as to what a big game it has and what the consequences could be for Man United. And they certainly played out. Liverpool absolutely putting on a masterclass at Old Trafford, thumping Manchester United 5 0. <sighs> Can I shock you? Go on. I don't think Liverpool were actually that great. Really? I d- you actually probably watch it. They had times where they lost the ball pretty easily off loose passes. Mm. Which, you know, any other team that's on it probably punishes them for that. Yeah. But with Man United, they were just such a shambles in terms of defensively. Mm. That it it made it ten times more embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't obviously Liverpool's best performance in terms of um, the way they were playing, but they still... They were still they good. Were still good. Don't get me wrong, they were still And got the win. Good. But I think it also is down to the fact that United were so abysmal and didn't take their chances when they were presented them. Yeah, well, you took the one. Well, yeah. But of course he was offside. <laughs> Which just summed up the afternoon for Man United, didn't it, really? Already 5-0 down, offside. and then try and get any bit of hope with the goal, and it gets ruled out, like you say, for offside. Um, I mean, I feel like the last three podcasts we've done after a weekend's game, we've talked in depth about how poor United are, and this, that, and the other, and what does it mean for Ollie's future now. Um, as far as I'm aware, and obviously we're not in the know, um there's no plan of any immediate change of uh, manager at this point and I don't think there will be just yet I think 
see what we're like come the end of the month after we've played this hard uh, spell of fixtures that we've been speaking about and then maybe I'll say okay um, this could potentially happen to him like potential sacking because looking forth now we've got Tottenham this weekend coming up then it's the Manchester derby then obviously we've got the international break uh, travel to Watford then travel to Chelsea and then host Arsenal at the start of December so over the next month and a bit I think is really going to be a telling time for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's uh, tenure at Manchester United mm. There's obviously you're in a very a very tough run mm. of fixtures the way I see it is well firstly I hate being right all the time <laughs> um, and secondly it I think it's got to be done. What? Sacking him? You know, if it, I don't even want to use the term sacking because the guy, it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even if there is under one of these random turnarounds that just happens out of nowhere, like we were saying in the week, you know, what if he pulls off another one of these masterclasses that he tends to have now and again? Mm. It's one of them where it I, just you carry on, are you? It's I, I like. You never want to see a manager get sacked from any position, but at the same time, you look at Ali in these big games, and he does get tactically outclassed by all these uh, other managers. And you think he's taken Manchester United into a better place than what they were under Mourinho and Van Gaal and David Moyes. Like you can see, there's progression in the United team over the years, but there's not that winning factor now or the Nitness of a squad that you look like actually these can win uh, a title of any sort not a Premier League one obviously at this minute in time and maybe a managerial change is is what's needed but at the same time I'm saying to all these Ali out immediately people is what manager can get this team playing like a team well we know the options well yeah the options are obvious we don't have to mention them we don't have to mention them if we, to be honest nothing like that can only happen when or if it's ever needed yeah but I'm just thinking everyone knows what the options are it's yeah it's so obvious one's probably more likely than the other mm, but I just I don't see it happening and can a manager of any of their calibers obviously of the big names that are available can they get this United team playing as a squad because it needs a miracle realistically to get them playing as a squad and look a serious threat on any front you just need a team that's going to defend with competence mm. you know all that we've been saying about Harry Maguire yeah last few weeks, and you obviously agreed with me last time out well can we add Luke Shaw to the category now as well what an awful awful performance that was from him yeah it was one of his worst in a long long time um, so I think he's been pretty Paul last few weeks as well. We've seen him come almost into the centre as well. I think right up my Harry Maguire's arse. Mm. So, you know, all, leaving all that space out wide, just making it so easy for any team to pass it across the box and tap it in as we saw, not only against Liverpool last night, but we saw it against Leicester as well. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know what to say. Like it's, 
baffling how bad this team has been performing recently and I don't know what it is down to because if you looked at the start of the season how they were playing you were thinking okay maybe this Manchester United team could be something serious but then all of a sudden that uh, international break hits and it's just gone absolutely pear-shaped since then and you're like what on earth has gone on in the two weeks of that international break and then United go so poorly your team has just become one world class player who can play in any sort of system because he's that good he'll just do things himself and then the rest of them who just cannot do anything without any sort of direction (laughs) yeah which is absolutely baffling for a set of professional footballers realistically no matter what level you are at if you can't just do the simple stuff it is and really look, embarrassing. Just to add to the, I just want to add to the Ollie stuff because it's kind of embarrassing the options that he has on his bench, mm. and just don't get used right. We're getting very close to adding Sancho to the Donny Van der Beek bench. It's that little corner of the the dugout. He's he's, James Sancho is slowly being ruined a little bit. Yeah. I think it's already come to light. I mean, yes, he had a slow start to last season at Dortmund. Uh, gone. If we could add the last point, I feel like Jesse Lingard has realised it because he'll be gone in January. Yeah. And the someone, the, the fan, was when they were being videoed, they were shouting at Lingard. Yeah. As he's warming up on the touchline, you hear Lingard reply back, "Mate, I'm not on the pitch. Why are you going to go at me?" No, so Ling- it's Lingard. It's all Lingard's fault. No, so Lingard did put out a tweet after the game saying it wasn't abuse. He said work harder, like I'm not already doing that day in day out. And I said I'm not even on the pitch. End of. Is what Lingard said yeah, on the matter. It's a stupid thing to do. Why do you need to go a guy who clearly has no control in this? Oh yeah, like you said, he wasn't even on the pitch. What can he do about it? Um, just the final thing on Manchester United in this whole situation. So I came. Oh, can, I, can I add something on the Paul Pogba red card? Go on. Well, first, do you think it was a red? Yes. Yeah. I don't know why people were trying to say, nah, it's not. <laughs> it really it, was. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been any more obvious of a red card. Mm-hmm. Did you not hear Graham Souness' his cheer from the <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Yeah, so a final it was thing. probably the vegan football boots, to be fair. Oh, don't even get me. Fucking vegan football boots, shut up. All the rubbish Adidas come up with nowadays. Anyway, just a final thing on this situation, right? So I've just came across a page just before we started recording. Uh, it's a post they posted last night on Instagram. It says, and it shows how fickle some of these fans are. It goes, Ali is broken, fans are broken, it's a dilemma. Thank you, Ali, just resign. You've done your part in helping this club to achieve what we want to. Maybe Zidane or Conte will lead us to glory. Hashtag Ollie out. Right? So you can say, okay, this person's Ollie out, doesn't want him out the man- as manager. The last bit. I guess is, I'm very 50 50 in that comment. <laughs> at the end, also, at the same time, we love you, Ollie. Well, if you love a manager, you don't want him to resign. You've got to realise that's literally the position most Man United fans are in. You're in that, of course you love him. Oh, yeah. He's the goal scorer of your greatest ever goal. Exactly. And. <laughs> I like I've said though time and time before no matter what manager it is I don't want a manager sacked but if the performances don't show it then you've got to start questioning right 
is it actually time for this manager to go and like I said over the next month month and a bit will be a, a telling time for Manchester United and Ali Gunnar Solskjaer hmm. if there's just the last thing I can I'll just if there's one time I wished Roy Keane was in the studio it was this one oh that's what was Scott thinking I don't know if it's to Jermaine Defoe but why was he there literally because of the Spurs game earlier on in the day against West Ham because he played for both teams mm. Mm, that went well well yes um, I wanted to hear more from Paul Scholes if anything I'm not even going to say what I was going to say that's because I think he's busy yes <laughs> we'll just leave that at that staying uh, at the public eye for a bit but he, he was proved to be a genius no he, um, he wasn't wrong he, he was actually working yesterday yeah I completely forgot he was on BT but it was obviously before everything came out so he's just in the BT short sports studio and then he sees what well, he's t- trending on Twitter because mm. oh, <laughs> um, he was doing uh, the coverage of the game with Michael Owen. What a partnership! Yes. Um, however, we can't just deflect all the sadness onto Manchester United. I know. Look, I've had my fun. You can come for me now. Just... Let's uh, let's talk about Friday night, Emirates Stadium. What happened there, lad? <laughs> At least we scored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that the only thing you do? I know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find any sort of positive. But, hey, you weren't watching this no. Friday because you were too busy with us. So you just had to go off the highlights. And let's just say, besides the goal we scored, there was none whatsoever for us. It, just awful. So bad. Yeah, it was awful. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from Aston Villa in a long time. Like, they just got absolutely... We started exactly how we finished against Wolves. Yeah, there was just no life there. Arsenal outplayed you looking absolutely world-class for Arsenal. I know. <laughs> They've looked pretty decent there. Yeah. Six but... games and now they've got results. Mm, like... Is Arteta the greatest manager? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet, but an absolute just dominating performance from Arsenal on Friday like it looked like Villa were a newly promoted team on the opening day of the season and I just I don't know what was wrong with Villa in that game I'm going to go over it it's not to say Arsenal were lucky that we were so crap they did play well and they exploited the space that was just left open in midfield because this awful 3-5-2 formation that I'm going to rip into in a second yeah it wasn't even. It was just the basics were going wrong as well. Oh, yeah. The needless fouls off the ball, the loose passes, which are becoming way more common. Mm. But it's a simple pass. Just do it. Yeah. The, the lack of any sort of link up between our two top quality strikers. They just can't work together. Yes, maybe. In the experiment. Just try one of them up front for now, because, like you said, it's not working yeah. between the pair of them up top difficult decision because Ings is clinical when you get to him but Ollie Watkins can offer a lot more yeah around that as well it's but if not maybe Ings can as well the way Watkins has been playing recently I'd probably drop him which would be understandable because like you said his recent form hasn't been the best but at the same getting a yellow card after 30 seconds says it all when you well, know, yeah. if it's a bigger reaction he probably could have got a red mm. which is it's ridiculous so weird. <sighs> if I'm thinking about 
Can we ban players celebrating after they've missed a penalty? Oh, I fucking hate it. When they've scored as well. I mean, when they've scored. It's just, it was all Bamiang celebrating. Mate, you just missed. Mm. You're the luckiest guy in the world right now. He is ridiculous. You couldn't beat Big Emmy. <laughs> he was the only guy who could come out with this with any sort of positivity. Maybe Jacob Ramsey as well. Yeah. And actually, no, I'd add Leon Bailey to the list as well because, of course, what a surprise. He was quality when he came on the best player for us on the pitch. Mm. Why do we always look brilliant when we go 3 0 down? I wish I knew the answer to that. <laughs> I really did. Uh, but I can relate to you and the rest of United fans because there's obviously a lot of backlash being thrown towards Dean Smith. Hmm. Right now, and it's another guy that I love. He's given me the best memory of my 25 years of being a fan. <laughs> I say the best memory, it's the only memory. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he was commenting after the game, like he's had players at half time questioning them, which completely deserved they were poor. Yeah. But he does sadly have to look at himself as well at this point because he, you'd think he would be seeing what we're all seeing. Oh, yeah, you would do. And it's that the shame does not work. <laughs> No, I mean... Get rid of it. Clearly, in the second half, you could see when we didn't play, we were a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I've said it a lot this season, and I feel like it's starting to become a bit of a broken record, but Matt Target on that left-hand side is just... Oh, this guy. He's getting annihilated week in, week out at left-back at this minute. I don't know what has happened. Like He's gone from being third-choice England centre-back. So Luke Shaw Chilwell gets injured, he's probably... You mean left-back, not centre-back? Yeah, I said left-back. You said centre-back. It doesn't matter, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's not even fifth choice at this point. I don't even think he is a choice, let alone fifth choice. He's not getting considered at all. Man, he's not not even on the list of who I should watch him when I go to games. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe what's happening at Tyrone Mings. He was a lot better in the second half, but this guy... He seems to be... increasing. It's just increasingly more difficult to defend. Like you're you're expecting a mistake now from Tyrone Minks in each game, and it's just more of a when rather than if a mistake's going to happen. Which, for someone of his quality, and he has shown it in the past how uh, class of a defender he can be, it's really worrying to see. It's the heated discussions that are going on the pitch as well, because Sky had the cameras on Mings and McGinn. Mm. After a corner, and immediately it was like the third time that those two just didn't work together well when trying to defend Thomas Farsay. Well, they'd suffered with a goal and they probably should have conceded a second one. Mm-hmm. It just. I, I don't know how you solve this. Well, I feel like he should have easy. Yeah. Hey, don't play 3 5 sir. And just get back to what we were doing before we did go this change of shape. We did it against Chelsea, but one time saw that, oh, it doesn't look that bad actually it gets the best out of uh, one of our wing backs mm. still lost that game for now changes need to happen and quickly otherwise mm. it can and turn we, into we, a really bad season the expectation was that there was progress coming this season we've not seen that yet I don't think we've fully got started mm. we've had our moments but it's not looks particularly amazing like, even the Freena win over Everton wasn't unreal yeah we didn't score until like the 60th minute. Very concerning times it looks to be at RT clubs. 
let's just hope a bright future is around the corner. So we're not going to start betting about who gets relieved of their job first? No. God, no. We would never do that. <laughs> betting on our manager to get sacked. That's not our type of podcast. <laughs> was that a dig at someone? I feel like that was just... No. No digs intended. They know who they are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm just saying it. But yeah, should we go through the rest of them? Because we've changed our format slightly this time around. Let's go through the best of the rest. Yes. Um, where do we start with the best of the rest? I mean... Well, I can't start with. I feel like this has to be so easy. Chelsea strolled through Norwich in an easy 7-0 win. There's easy and then there's that. I mean, that was literally a walk in the park for Chelsea on Saturday. Yeah, like they could have walked in an actual park and they still would have demolished them with less players on the pitch. Yeah, I mean... I know we said it before, why Norwich in the Premier League, but this really has just cemented the fact, Norwich, what are you doing? Like, you're abysmal. I think someone compared the stats with the Derby season. I think they've got less points. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they've scored twice all season. He's getting in there last year's Sheffield United, isn't it? I feel like Sheffield United had more goals at this point. I don't know about points-wise. Because remember, they didn't didn't win a game until December. Yeah. I don't know about points-wise whether Sheffield United had picked up a few draws along the way by now. No, they were pretty similar. But yeah, this... It was bad. They're just... I don't know what to say with Norwich because it's the same effect realistically every time they're in the Premier League. Relegate them now. Doesn't matter. They'll be back anyway. Yeah. I mean, we all, we've all we all said in our season previews uh, that Norwich were the one guaranteed team that will be down at the bottom of the table come the end of the season and we're just getting proven right and is it really now Daniel Farker going to be the next man out of the job hmm. it's, it's weird because you don't know how Norwich work because no. they would have sacked him like the season before mm. when they were last in the situation this one feels a lot worse because they've not even got a win at least last season they beat Man City for God's yeah. sake well, it is quite alarming when you think about it. Like, yeah, nine games in, not a single win yet. You've only scored twice. It's one of them, like, do you panic now and change the manager and hope that uh, one of the teams just above you has a poor run of form and you can get something going and possibly stay up? Or do you keep Farker until the end of the season when you're already relegated and then change the manager? Like, it is a big dilemma that the Norwich board are in. Yeah, I, I don't know what you do. That's more for Norwich fans to ponder about. But um, while we're on Chelsea, I feel this is a good time to mention comments from Tommy Tuchel. What's he said? That it happened in midweek. It, in an interview with La Gazzetta della Sport, he was asked questions about comparing his current role at Chelsea to that of what he had at PSG. Mm. And I thought it was quite telling, if anything, because this was one of the quotes. It's it's easier to manage Lukaku than Neymar or Mbappe. Yeah, I mean... There is a different quote, but I'll let you comment on that first bit. I think it's understandable because, realistically, all Lukaku needs is the ball to him in and around the box and he'll score, where we know what... Uh, Neymar's like he wants the centre of attention to be around him hence why he left Barcelona back 
in 2017 and Mbappe could you say the same with Mbappe? yeah I think he's now started to be that way in the last few years and it is like working with prima donnas realistically let's be real here and Lukaku isn't that guy he just wants to get on with his football score the goals win the trophies and that's all he cares about and not to bring this back to the Mauro Icardi stuff that's going on but this comment might just make things make sense a bit more because at PSG Thomas Tuchel's second quote that's quite telling at PSG I felt like I was the sport minister I had to also manage family members and friends of the stars yeah I mean if that doesn't scream to us about the uh, Mauro Cardi situation which we spoke about on the last podcast then uh, so technically we should be expecting Protestant to be giving marriage counselling <laughs> yeah I know we joked about it on uh, Thursday's podcast but it might actually be real life happening over there turning into the Jeremy Kyle show oh you stole me joke <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Paul Pochettino just wants to manage all these great players and achieve something pretty amazing, but now he's going to be stuck playing Jeremy Cole with trying to deal with the Cardis. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is just going to be... It's it's the problem with PSG. Since their takeover and they've become the biggest side in French football is, and they can offer the players all the money, is you're going to get a lot of prima donnas there who deal with stuff where if you look at any other club, you're not gonna get that attention. Like it's the, it's the French life for you. It's Parisian life. It's it all comes with it. And to hear Tuchel say that is not really surprising at all. Some managers can deal with that. Some can't. I almost feel like that job is perfect for someone like a Zidane. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Away from Chelsea stuff. No, because the next one, Josh King proved that he was capable of playing at Goodison Park this weekend, didn't he? Didn't he just absolutely on fire this weekend? Scoring a hat-trick against his old club? I mean, after watching their game against Liverpool last week, I was not expecting this performance from Watford at all. I can't recall a team getting hit for five the week before, then scoring five in the next week. No, no, I can't think of any off the top of my head. If it's happened, it's a very small number and something that is just out there in the depths of stats. Yes. Um, but no, good comeback from them and they'll hope to kick on from around the area. Yeah, and uh, Benita's side were just poor that game. Like, Yeah, there's one last thing with that. I don't think I've ever looked forward to one of Ben Foster's vlogs even more. <laughs> oh... That's going to be a very interesting uh, thing to see this week. Complain about them now. <laughs> well, Ranieri came out on his press conference uh, pretty much and he's got no problem with Foster doing it. He's a subscriber, what you know? <laughs> uh, um, Man City. Oh, okay, we'll putting on, on uh, a vintage Man City display against Brighton. Phil Foden had an absolute cracking game, scoring two goals um, and assisting the 4-4. Riyad Mahrez typical Man City performance realistically yeah, assisted. one of the goals was a deflection from Foden yeah. it's just chill but yeah straightforward win mm-hmm. not really much to add it was just nice for Brighton to get Tariq Lamsey back on the pitch yes 
And he looked pretty decent from what I saw. Can't complain there if you're a Brighton fan and the only bit of glimmer of hope in that game for him. Yeah, and to the first game in the Graham Jones era of Newcastle United, they salvaged a point against Crystal Palace. Luckily, because uh, Palace did have a late goal rolled out. Yeah, watching that, I sort of saw why. Mm. Like he's pulling his shirt, so clearly. Yeah. Uh, not the best of starts. I mean, just having a quick recap on the stats now. Dominated on possession. Palace had way more shots when, than uh, Newcastle. Is it, when Palace ever had 75% possession? Maybe against one of the minnows in the Completely uncharted. No, we're not having that. Again, with Roy Hodgson in charge, even that's not happening. They did that uncharted territory. Yeah. It is a bit crazy to see. But, and do you know what they've also got as well? An uniform, Christian Benteke. That guy was giving me all the feels <laughs> in this game when I watched the horrors of this one. The absolute nostalgia of seeing him just be good again. Yeah. Oh, that, it's terrifying. But again, it's another team that got exploited by using the 3 5 2 formation. Or 5 3 2. Whatever you want to call it. Who played the three four two? Was it Newcastle? Yeah, again, Newcastle or five three two. Yeah. yeah, but they've been playing it for week. They don't know how to put people in the positions. No. Graham Jones isn't the saviour. He was there dictating everything just as much as Bruce. If was. not more than Bruce was, let's be realistically. It probably was. But yeah, uh, not the best of starts to life for Newcastle fans in this new era. Uh, and yeah. it probably and, will continue for some time. Let's be realistic here. No, and just for the other two results, Southampton Burnley two to the ex Chelsea academy come through in that one. Yeah, Livermento Liv- looks a beast. I forgot what nationality is. Is he English? Uh, yes. Southgate will be on the phone soon. Yeah? And uh, Burnley have Maxwell Cornway, uh, to thank rescuing a point there Paul, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to anglicise his name as much as possible for Burnley fans d- d- yeah <laughs> three three goals for him already mm. I mean, and the the other draw Wolves and Leeds the last minute penalty for Leeds and Rodrigo yep and, uh, and all the Sunday action as well I mean I watched West Ham versus Tottenham I did have both on. Um, it, yeah, the pretty good games. West Ham beating Spurs 1-0. They finally broke through after a corner, which you know, Harry Kane couldn't have given less of a shit when it came to defending Ricard. So now he's next to him and he still lets him hit the ball. Mm. I mean, I said in the preview show this could go one or two ways. It'll be a, either a heavy goal fest or West Ham will win it 1-0 later on. And it's practically spot on the call. I mean, I, I said Agbana would score, but... Antonio's scoring the same difference West Ham fans don't care about that but it's just mm. Spurs in the final third are just poor yeah like if Son's not on it completely then they've got no hope because Kane you ain't getting anything from him right now no and obviously the other Sunday game that uh, took place Brentford versus Leicester Leicester coming out uh, 2-1 winners in that yeah, Yuri Tillman's first goal banger absolute banger it's one of the, I just, can only score top long range bounces you said that about Nubby Cater last week and he didn't do that yesterday did he look I don't mind being wrong at times <laughs> but yeah oh, I just love watching Tielemans play he's such a joy to watch 
He's not signing for your club. <laughs> just go away. <laughs> Leicester are bigger than Man United now. Just accept it. I'm not even going to say anything on that. Uh, but yeah, good win for Brendan Rodgers' side. Um, I'd say yeah, a bit lucky to hold on to the win. I think Brentford definitely had their chances to pull it back level, uh, but were unable to do so. So um, a very entertaining... It's always a good win. Yeah, I feel like winning at Brentford is a good win. Even if you don't play the best, you take the three points. Mm. A very entertaining uh, weekend all round in the Premier League uh, this week. Definitely didn't disappoint for the neutrals. Of well, for the neutrals, that is. Uh, right, I think we best head over to the European action now. Yeah, pretty much similar format. Top Europe moments of the week. We're going for Spain first because our Clasico took place. Yep, and yeah. <laughs> fine, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, all good. Unless you're Ronald Koeman and Barcelona, because that result just yeah, not the best of times for mm. Barcelona. Let's be realistic. He still hasn't, still hasn't yet won an El Clasico match, and now we're in ninth place. It's not looking good. It was weird because when I looked at the starting 11s before this, it was very telling. Yeah, but at least Real still had imminence of something that could do well. Whereas Barca, you just go, "Good God, how the mighty have fallen!" Mm. I mean, the fact that they're playing Sergino Dest as a right winger is all the telling of the tales that needs to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Move around with you. Like Alaba's first goal was a, a good one. Incredible. Well, I need to ask, what's his position? Does he just not have one? No. Alaba is as long as you're in the pitch you can do whatever you like both like for club and country player you do player you do for Austria yeah everywhere <laughs> just free roaming um but yeah another defeat for Barcelona not the best of times for them at the minute and only no he, he didn't have a good time coming out of the stadium yeah Ronald Koeman which he was allowed to just be Harry was able to just drive out no security around you know stuff getting thrown at his car it's not on really no I mean that was one of them where you would literally just wait until the early hours of the morning to leave the stadium unless you had an escort oh, no, I, 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 I want to be out of there but I want to be protected yeah which doing that on Barcelona's point is really bad because they knew reaction like this would happen after a defeat to uh, their biggest rivals and you got to ask yourself questions but like you said absolutely disgraceful to see that happen to um, Ronald Koeman in fairness they probably couldn't afford to pay the security no no all you female because we have to talk about the just pure normal couple of days that Jose Mourinho has been having yeah not the best of times uh, for his... I say pure normal because that is normal for Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lost 6 1 uh, on Thursday night to Bodo Glimt in the Europa Conference League and then. Went for absolutely... the players. Mm. And didn't play any of them in this game. Not even in the bench. No, it Shoved them all in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> it was all five of them just in yeah. the stands watching and who knows whether they needed them or not because. Well, uh, the only draw with Napoli, I think, is a decent result. Yeah, I mean, 
it's I think not the perfect response to the defeat on Thursday night but it's positive considering how well Napoli have started this season they say they probably managed to hold on at the end so well because Jose Mourinho wasn't on the bench he got himself sent off which is just typical Jose fashion isn't it fantastic yes. so Liege won quite a few moments for this one um, I actually want to start before I get to Le Classic because Nice if you'd seen they came from 2-0 down to beat Leon. yes uh, three goals in the last 12 minutes of game including stoppage time that is and managed to beat Leon. I mean it was helped that their last two goals that uh, Leon were playing with 10 men after Tina Tender Cadawere was sent off they took advantage of the situation yeah, which is what you're going to do. back from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess now we have to talk about Marseille and PSG. I mean... Meh. <laughs> disappointment of the weekend. Yeah, there's only one games. thing that's come from this, and it's the French football has become an absolute madness this season. They now need police with riot shields to protect a player when they're taking a corner. It's absolutely ridiculous to see what is going on this season with French football fans I swear something happened in another game as well uh, the Saint-Etienne versus Angers game yeah. uh, that happened on Friday evening uh, it got suspended uh, for a while because uh, Saint-Etienne fans threw flares onto the pitch and it, like you couldn't see because there was loads of flares thrown on uh, in protest to how bad uh, Claude Powell's side have been doing I mean they are rock bottom of the league uh, 5 points after 11 games for throwing flares onto the pitch isn't the way you solve situations let's be honest no, and neither is running on the pitch either because it is <laughs> oh, yeah. like the, in, the away from St. Etienne the PSG Marseille someone got on and Messi has the ball and they're trying to I don't even think they try to tackle him because mm. like they've really <laughs> And he's just running on and yeah, messy turns and the guy just didn't properly try and tackle him. I wish he did because yeah. so that Messi could turn into one of those. You, know, you just often get someone in the streets trying to like, challenge me. And then <laughs> one yeah. on one and they die freestyle. I wish it turned into one of them and Messi just makes him. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Um, or Matteo Guendouzi just two-footed him. I mean, <laughs> why? <laughs> Uh, that would have been funny. Uh, let's head over to Germany finally with our European roundup. Bayern Munich doing Bayern Munich stuff, winning 4 0 uh, against Hoffenheim. Lewandowski uh, doing what he does, scoring only the one goal for him this weekend, but yeah, looking. It was one more than deadly Harland, as ever. So, how's that? <laughs> I mean, Haaland is out of action with injury, so. It was always going to be one more than Haaland no, this past uh, weekend. But... No, but Dortmund didn't need him because Jude Bellingham's unreal. So, oh, what a goal that was! Absolute, like you say, unreal from uh, the youngster. It was pretty much the same as one of the Salah ones from a couple of weeks ago. So that's I'm glad he got the prize. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Just, just not see a local Midlands guy do well. Yes, uh, a good win for them. 
there has been a managerial sacking in the Bundesliga this past weekend after losing 2-0 to Freiburg on Saturday Wolfsburg have parted ways with manager Mark van Bommel after defeat um, which is a little surprising considering it's not like they're having that bad of a season I mean they're in ninth place four points off the you got to remember they were up there fighting for the title at one point last season so the progress hasn't going it's down I think he would have been able to turn it around was it the next Ali I think it's just no I genuinely do believe that though Um, I mean it wouldn't have taken that many games to have a big run over in uh, the Bundesliga and I know we don't usually do this league now but there was a big game in the Eredivisie this past weekend as Ajax took on PSV well, you could have told me that was happening. I could have added that in the predictions. <laughs> I didn't know that was. So obviously the top two, Ajax, thumped PSV five nil. Yeah, the, the the gap between those two lately like, started to show a little bit. Hmm. I mean, Sebastian Haller getting on the score sheet again for Ajax, proving uh, he actually is a good striker. Nine goals in a week, not for Haller, like <laughs> Ajax. I mean. It's great. Well, yeah, for, for Ajax, that is. Uh, they've only conceded twice this season in the league. Domination. Absolute domination, like you say. Right, um, let's finish it off with the predictions league now. Um, a, a recap of the six games we had. We had Brighton, Man City, Brentford, Leicester, West Ham, Tottenham, the El Clasico, Le Classique and Inter versus Juve. Um, so for the Brighton Man City game we both get a point for predicting Man City would win Brentford Leicester we get nothing because we both predicted a draw in that game uh, one point for me for predicting Real Madrid would beat Barcelona you get nothing because you predicted a 2-2 draw uh, in the Marseille PSG game we were both wrong as we predicted PSG would win and into Juve I get 3 points for it being a one all draw uh, so I'm on 31 points and you were on 28 uh, but you get the extra point for the fantasy football this weekend yeah, we want to talk about domination that was a complete whitewash in that, in that, the I mean that, that is literally that's literally just because you captain Sully. it was the domination before the bonus points even came in because I believe you ended on 60 yeah. something in the end I ended on 63 me 98 you finished the yeah which, I mean, normally I would, t- I would have taken a sixty-three point weekend, which would have been absolutely incredible. Mm. What's nice as well but is yeah, I formed a very nice gap in the total points of fantasy as well in our league. So, just under thirty point gap. Yeah, what well, I can't get over is the highest that someone managed to get in the fantasy because they've got they've managed to have Salah got triple captained, getting mm. seventy-two points, and then they had Mount. Hudson they had I'm just going to count did Alexander Arnold score? no no he didn't mm. he got uh, an assist let's get five of the players that he has in this team scored Antonio Mount Foden Salah and Hudson Adoy yeah just that wasn't the one that was leading for the majority because there was another one before that was dominating and he had like seven players who'd scored which is he, crazy he to see. His triple captain was Mount instead of Salah. 
Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, right, we'll be back at the end of the week to look ahead to the weekend's games. Um, no midweek game, or no midweek European action. Uh, it's just the EFL Cup. It's just the EFL Cup. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I mean, no one. Literally no one. I mean, Man City are going to win it anyway, so... Why does it even matter anymore? Uh, but like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get us and follow us on Twitter at Pod for all the latest football news and stories from around the world of football. And until later on this week, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. Let's hope for better pastures. Just improvements. Give me improvements. Give me hope. <laughs> Give me... No, no, no. I was about to bust into a hymn there. <laughs> Good. Uh, We'll see you soon.